0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenwick, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to episode 346 of the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading once again. Great to have you along with us and welcome to, to our first time listeners. And I hope you become regular listeners and tell all your friends. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This week has the new iPhone already been revealed. Tesla has unveiled its full self driving plans as well as a robo taxi network and the new Hoyts app to help you pre-order your popcorn. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out Samsung's Q900 8K TV. We're going to also take a listen to Apple's AirPods 2. And we're going to also take a look at the horror sci-fi film Alien on 4K. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, it's still several months away from launch. I'm talking about the new iPhone. But have we just caught a glimpse of the new device? There's been several leaked images and renders that are doing the rounds, and they all appear consistent. That's one thing about rumours. If you're hearing the same thing from different sources, then I think we're on to something. And uh, Apple, uh, normally their rumours are, are pretty spot on. You, if if uh, All the last all the phones from the last couple of years, we've seen leaked images and, and renders and everything like that, and they have been absolutely spot on. Uh, this year's no exception. We're seeing renders for what they're calling the iPhone 11. Are they going to call it the XI? I'm saying that, that's 11. So I don't know whether that's actually going to be the name whether they're going to call it the, the, the 10, uh, 10X, the, 10, the, the 10Z, or whatever they're going to call it. But for now, let's just call it the iPhone 11. And these renders uh, hit the internet a few days ago based on leaks and other information that's been doing the rounds. And I think the biggest thing that we can see from these renders is the new camera system. Cameras, uh, they seem to be the part of the smartphone that's had the most improvement over the last couple of years. We've seen that with Samsung with their S10 and the S10+. Plus. We've also seen that, of course, with the Huawei P30 Pro, which uh, still is remains as the best smartphone camera, according to DxOMark. Apple are going to come along with a, a competitor, of course, to that, uh, not till September, October this year. And this triple camera system, uh, it's, it's arranged in a triangle on the back of the device. It's a, re- a big square area on the rear panel. You, you need to take a look at the renders on, on Tech Guide. Uh, they're, they're from a site called Cash Caro. They've done these accurate renders, and they show this triangular camera system uh, up in the top corner of the iPhone, same place where the camera's located now. The dual cameras are located now, but taking up a much larger space. So those three lenses uh, will work together. There's a current dual lens system, but this time out, uh, if these are accurate, of course, we're going to see a triple camera system and the LED flash as well. The camera system reportedly, this is according to the rumors, will be made up of three 12 megapixel lenses. So there'll be a wide angle uh, lens, a telephoto lens, and also an ultra-wide lens as well, and they'll work together to deliver some impressive results, I imagine. Uh, The new camera arrangement, though, and this whole new design has had its critics. It's really split people with how this looks, and you judge for yourself, but uh, Forbes magazine, they saw these renders and and rumoured leaked images, and they actually called it ugly, that was the exact words. An aesthetic nightmare is what they've labelled it. This is the Forbes magazine, so uh, it's interesting. Interesting to see what you think about it. I'd love you to to take a look for yourself uh, on Tech Guide as well. But uh, what we're going to see is same screen sizes, five point eight inch and six point five inch. Slight reduction in the thickness of the bezel, so the screen bezels will be slightly thinner, hardly noticeable. The actual dimensions of the 5.8 inch version, so there's the smaller version, will be 143.9 millimeters by 71.4 millimeters by 7.8 millimeters thick. Uh, and if you include the rear camera bump, yep, that's still there. It's actually nine millimeters thick. So the little bump is what is that? 1.2 millimeters of camera bump you're going to get as well. So that's that's decent. So uh, yeah, the the iPhone 11 it's going to have also apparently incorporate wireless charging so similar to what Huawei and Samsung have introduced with uh, their devices which means that you'll be able to charge other devices and other accessories on the back i can just imagine apple's uh, new iphone being able to charge the apple watch and being able to charge the airpods now that they've got wireless charging remember the air power mat that they announced in 2017 with the iphone 10 well, they've officially announced that that's dead. We've been waiting for so long, but they came out about a month ago and said, that is dead, that product. They're not going to produce it. They just couldn't make it how they wanted. They did, couldn't get the, the quality and the, and, the, and the technology right. So they've pulled the pin. They've actually abandoned that. They scuttled that idea. So I think what's going to replace that if you, to, to charge your Apple Watch and your AirPods on the go is the new iPhone with that reverse charging. So uh, as we can see too, another thing we've we've uh, discovered with these renders is that the iPhone 11 will also keep the Lightning port. There was a huge rumor that uh, it would go down the iPad Pro path and incorporate a USB-C port instead of the Lightning port. So won't be doing that if these if these renders are accurate, of course. So it'll be Lightning still. For your phone, but i but USB C for your iPad Pro, uh, is is what you're going to get under the hood. If you if anyone who can count can come up with what the chip's going to be called, the A13 chip. That's what we're up to. Uh, but we're all going to have to wait till September, though, until the official launch. If that's actually what they call it, the iPhone 11. I don't know what the what the naming conventions are going to be there. But this is, I think, probably the most accurate look at an upcoming iPhone, the iPhone 11. If you want to check out those renders, there's a few images there. And give us your opinion too. Feel free to hit us up on on Twitter at Stephen Fennec or send us a voice bite or send us an email. We'd love your feedback. Tell us if you think this is ugly or if you think it's beautiful. As they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder here, so I'd love you to be the judge. If you want to take a look at those renders, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Next up, we're talking Tesla, and they had their autonomy day last week, where it was actually the autonomy investor day, where they were talking about their plans for the new their self driving capability. So they wanted to give investors an update as to where they sat with full autonomous driving and the thing with the Tesla and again as you all know I'm an owner and and everything that's that's needed for autonomous driving, the cameras, the sensors, the radar, everything that's needed is already in the car. It's just the software and the government approval is all that we need but all the hardware is there. There is uh, the new full self-driving computer, which I think is retro. Uh, you can retro replace it, so I could go in and replace that self-driving computer in my car to the latest version if I wanted to. So my car still new enough to do that. So uh, w- what they're talking about is full self-driving capabilities that by mid twenty twenty, a Tesla driver with the full autonomous package will not have to pay attention to the road in the middle to the end of next year. That's a pretty big statement from Elon Musk. Uh, he said that their autonomous system is so advanced that, that that's how quickly they're progressing. So not have to pay attention to the road. Imagine that. I think the the future drivers, if, if we're going to be called that, we're all going to be passengers one day, I guess, in this full autonomous uh, driving scenario. But you imagine uh, your 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 great your grandchildren or any, any child, say a child's born t- today in 2019, by the time they're old enough to learn how to drive, which is in what 17 years time, 16 years time, they won't need to learn how to drive. They will not need to learn how to drive because all the cars will be autonomous by then. That's in 16 years. I think it's a pretty safe bet that that's, on, that's possible. That that's going to be on track. There may be some people who like, I love driving. I'd like to keep driving myself, although I do think it's a very handy feature in my car. I've got uh, the, uh, the enhanced autopilot in my car. I drove up to the Central Coast on the weekend and hit uh, enhanced autopilot. And the car drove itself for all, all the way up the expressway to to the central coast. All I had to do was to use my indicator to change lanes here and there. And then when I had to exit, of course, I had to drive that one. But any all the other roads that were that were very well marked, I could I could hit the enhanced autopilot again. It would stick to the speed limit, and uh, and and would basically be driving itself. I just had to have my hands on the wheel. Uh, and just my eyes on the road, of course, but uh, didn't have to do anything. It just it, it was just such a stress free drive. But so you can imagine that t- Tesla taking that to the next level with their autonomous system. And there is a video floating around on YouTube that I've seen. I'll, I'll post it on my Tesla story as well of this car with a uh, with a time lapse uh, video of the car driving itself, like changing lanes, stopping at stop signs, stopping at red lights, turning left, turning right making pretty sharp turns, going on and off expressways, freeways, and getting to the destination, just dropping off the driver there. So there's all these scenarios, as well as there was another great video that I saw with this sort of super summon uh, mode on the Tesla where, and this was the video, again, I'll link this in my story. The video showed the owner uh, putting up a... A blow-up driver. Anyone who's seen the film *Flying High*? Do you remember when they engage the autopilot and that the 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 uh, inflatable pilot sits at the in the pilot's seat? Well, he had that. I don't know where he found it. Probably on eBay. He found that exact blow-up blow-up doll and placed it in the driver's seat. And he then summoned the car. So the cameras all in the car, GoPros filming the whole thing. He summoned the car from two miles away. And the car, the 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 cameras were running. You could see there was no one in the car apart from the blow up doll. And it arrived at his location. He got into his own Tesla in the back seat. The inflatable driver is still in the front seat, in the driver's seat. And it drove him where he where he wanted to go. That is the super summon. Imagine that scenario where if if you're driving somewhere and you can't find a parking, you just send your car home. And then, when you're ready, you just summon it, and it comes back to pick you up again. I'm looking forward to that day, which leads us to the to the next part of this story, and that is that uh, Elon Musk announced a robo taxi network. So imagine the scenario where all these autonomous Teslas, unmanned Teslas, driving around, and there being a network uh, and a share a ride sharing app where. Passengers could could uh, call like Uber could uh, call for a Tesla uh, to take them wherever they needed to go. So unmanned. So no need. There's no driver. You're not talking to a driver. It's unmanned vehicle. All the the process is done through the app. Your payment and everything where you want to go. It's all done through the app. But imagine that scenario. And here's the thing: if you're a Tesla driver with full self-driving capabilities, you can send your car out to work. You can send it out when you are not driving it. Okay, you can go out all night and and drive around, drive people around, and make me money. Elon Musk says that it could make drivers up to thirty thousand dollars a year if they deploy their 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 self driving Teslas when they're not using them, so thereby growing this robo taxi network, which which Musk says will be up and running in 20, by twenty twenty. So again, another scenario there where you can put your self-driving Tesla to work. So are these unmanned robo cars driving people around? Fascinating. The future's here. If you're a Tesla owner, very exciting as well. And the the Model 3 is due to hit our roads in August. So there's going to be a lot more Tesla drivers in the next 12 months, people who have been waiting to order their Tesla Model 3s. And, uh, and and so there'll be a lot more Teslas on the road. There's already a few Model S's. That's what I drive, and Model X's. But you wait to see when the Model Three comes out. That's the more affordable version. You're going to see a lot more Teslas on the road and a lot more electric cars on the road. It is the the new trend in motoring now. A lot of the all the big car companies are producing electric vehicles, and that's what we're going to be seeing. If you want to read a little bit more about that story, you can check it out at TechGuide.com.au. Well, we can already order uh, our movie tickets online. Uh, how many people now, uh, rather than lining up at the box office, they, they get online, they they pick their seats and uh, pay for the ticket, and then print out the ticket, and then away they go. They're at uh, they're at the at the movies with their tickets already. Well, that's going to go a step further because what do you do when you get to the movies? You buy your snacks, don't you? So, what's going to happen? Hoyts have launched a new app, or they will be launching a new app. There is a—it was due to launch early this week, but it probably won't be ready till later this week. So, they've updated their smartphone app, which will allow you to buy and uh, to order and pay for your snacks before you get to the cinema. So, imagine this scenario, right? You've got your tickets, you've already paid for them, printed them out, ready to go. When you get there, if you've ordered them through the app, say so you want, you know, large popcorn, you want a Choc Top, you want a Coke, whatever you want, you can order that all through the app. And then when you get to the cinema, rather than you lining up like you normally would, like everyone else getting their snacks, you go to a designated area, a designated collection area. And they'll say, Oh, yeah, I ordered my order number is, you know, one, two, three. Okay, Mr. Fennec, here's your popcorn and your drink and your your choc top. Enjoy the movie. So you've walked in that experience, not waiting for a ticket, not waiting for your snacks, and you're straight into the movies. How good's that? Uh, I will definitely be giving this a try, uh, and especially a good time to launch it, too, because uh, the Avengers end game in cinemas and. and breaking records in cinema, so there's a few people heading to the movies so they could give this a try for themselves. But it's just yet another way that Hoyts thinks they can improve the customer experience by allowing you to uh, order all those snacks before you even get there. I don't know what the pricing's going to be, but I think that's a regular complaint for customers saying that the popcorn's very expensive at Hoyts. They probably make more money through the popcorn and the and the snacks than they do through the films themselves. But uh, but they do say, though, that uh, there will be exclusive offers on the app so to give you an incentive to use the app. Hopefully some discounts. You may build up some some uh, some points or it's like a loyalty system. You maybe every tenth popcorn's free. I don't know, that's what I'd do. But that could be another option for these users as well. If you want to take a look at that story, check it out. Techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. That's the company that can protect you and your family online. Now we live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal information. And because we spend so much time online, it's quite possible we could find ourselves in trouble right in the sights of a cyber criminal. The Norton team is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet, or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity, and your devices protected. And if even if you use a Mac, if you're using a PC, an iPad, there, is, there are packages where, which offer five licenses per package, so you can have one on your Mac, one on your laptop, one on your tablet, one on your phone. So anyone using a PC and a Mac, you're not immune to having it's some some kind of drama, online dramas with a Mac. So you're not you're not bulletproof. So if you do need that, if you are using a Mac, I highly recommend you get internet security software. Mad if you don't. Try Norton Security Premium. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. First up in the reviews, I was very excited to do this review. I, I uh, had a look at the Samsung Q Nine Hundred Eight K TV. Eight K, I hear you saying eight K. I've only just you got used to four K. Well, that's a fair that's a fair comment. And the eight K TV is kind of a future proof product. So if you think about it. 8K is four times the resolution of 4K, just as 4K was four times the resolution of full high definition. So using that maths, 8K is 16 times the resolution of full high definition, so 16 times better than Blu-ray, four times better than 4K, 8K is amazing, but... Here's the thing. We, we sat down with the, the Samsung Q900 8K QLED TV, and as soon as you see, you lay eyes on this thing, it is incredible. The, the detail and sharpness of the screen, you've never seen before. It's 8K. And with 8K, like 4K TV resolution is 3840 by 2160, which if you get your calculator out, adds up to 8,294,400 pixels. That's a lot of pixels, right? But what are we doing now? We, Our appetite for larger TVs is growing. Our, this year, the average size is going to be probably in the 65 to 75-inch range. That's going to be the average. There'll be people that want be even bigger than that. So while our appetite for bigger screens is growing, one thing is staying the same, the size of our lounge rooms. So if you were to buy... Say you, 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 you want to buy, uh, you had a 50-inch full HD TV and you want to buy a 75-inch 4K TV, put it in the same place as that 50-inch TV, your living room's not any bigger. The issue you may have, may have, is that, because you're sitting, you've got this big TV, you're not sitting any further away from the television, there's the possibility you might see the odd pixel or two. Probably not, unless you're really close to it, but it is a possibility, especially if you go bigger. Say you get an 80-inch TV, 82-inch, 88-inch TV, 4K TV, you will probably see some pixels. So the, the little squares that make up the image, because it's so big and you're not sitting any further away than you were with your 50-inch TV or 55-inch TV, there is that possibility that there may be some visible pixels. So hence the reason why Samsung and other companies, Samsung's not the only company introducing 8K, there are they've introduced 8K to cater for that growing demand for larger screens. So if you were to put an 8K TV in that room, You will not see a pixel, even if you put your nose 10 centimetres from the display, which is what I did, you will not see a pixel. So that's the reason why they're offering this technology in the first place. Now, there's no content for AK. There is some floating around on YouTube or whatever. You need to download it, put it on a drive to see it properly. And I did see that content, and it is incredible. The detail in it is absolutely remarkable. But there's just none of it around. So the, the, the real secret source here with this 8K TV is the upscaling. So I mentioned before what the resolution of 4K TV was. An 8K resolution is 7680 by 4320. So get your calculator out again. That adds up to 33,177,600. So that is uh, way more than eight thousand, eight million, two hundred ninety-four thousand. So see, see how it's more than four times the number of pixels that you're getting. So that added detail, all those extra pixels equals added detail. It is absolutely remarkable. Now, as I said, the upscaling is the real secret here. The, the upscaling, it upscales from SD, from HD, 4K. We tried all kinds of scenarios here. We had two TVs side by side. We' launched the 4K uh, beside Samsung's 2018 uh, 4K. And the new 8K TV, uh, we had them side by side and did some pretty strong comparisons, and I was blown away by how much better the 8K TV made the image. And I'm not just talking the just the pure clarity and resolution, I'm talking... Better contrast, better picture quality, uh, better better high dynamic range, uh, less noise. There's so many things that improve, not just the sheer pixel count and the clarity. It's all these other things as well. What we started with, uh, we, we had a look at Foxtel. So your normal pay TV viewing. Uh, and of course, we use Game of Thrones as the example, and you can see from our story, and we've taken pictures here, that the 8K image, which is on the right side of of the uh, of the images on Tech Guide, so check them out for yourself. And you'll see that not only is there more detail, there's a scene there where Daenerys and Jon Snow are having a bit of a kiss and cuddle and they're together. And you can see the detail in the fur coats and in in their faces and even the background. There's all this ice and snow in the background and it's, it's the contrast is even better. There's more detail in that day's dark areas as well. Way better than what 4K can offer, which kind of had a bit of a washed out look, uh, on, on the back of that, on the, in the background. So. Full marks there for that upscale. But Foxtel also has 4K, don't forget. So we checked out, we watched the 4K, so we had the 4K running on the Samsung 4K TV, as well as on the 8K TV. Now, we, had, uh, we were watching an AFL match and we just took a photo of the corner of the screen where the logo is and everything. And with the with the 4K, it's really sharp, but if you get close enough, you can see kind of the blocky pixels of the on the edges of some of the logos and, and, on the, and the stuff in the background. But then if you take a look, and again, I've put these pictures on Tech Guide, if you take a look at the 8K image, it is smooth as butter. It is really sharp, really nice, punchier color too. The reds are a bit better, a little bit more detail on the field, the green is a bit greener on the grass and the hoardings and the signage in the background is a little sharper as well. So what's doing this is the Samsung Quantum Processor, Uh, it's the 8K processor, restoring that texture and detail and reducing that background noise. It uses also machine learning. So every time it's upscaling, it's remembering and learning for next time, uses an intelligent algorithm as well to learn the difference between edges and lines and how to handle movement and and various things, Moving that potential blur as well. So it's learning as it goes and getting better as it goes as well. This 8K intelligent upscaling uses this, uh, what they call, dense contrast expression. So what that means is that objects and details on a black or a dark background gain even more detail than the original source resolution. There's examples on my story as well. But uh, the AFL example, we, did, we had a, shot, a close-up shot of a player, and you can see on their face the pixels are really clear to see, yet on the 8K, those pixels are gone, and you can actually see there's a bit more smoothness and sharpness around his face, so you can see his cheekbone is a lot more clearly defined in the 8K image than it is in the 4K image, and again, all these images, I highly recommend you head over to Tech Guide to see these for yourself. Now we went through, we took a DVD and a couple, of, and a Blu-ray and a 4K Uh, Disc to give them to to test out what the upscaling would look like there. Now, with the DVD, and we've mentioned this in the past, the DVD we used to test was similar to the same DVD we used on the uh, LG C9 OLED last week, and it was The Abyss. That's the James Cameron film that is not available on Blu ray or on 4K, would you believe? Uh, It is only available on DVD, and worse still, it's a cropped DVD, which means that the image is in the center of the screen. It doesn't even go full width of the screen, so it had a lot of work to do, Uh, so what we saw on the 4K TV wasn't too bad, there was a bit of noise in the background, a bit of blurred images, it's a very dark movie, a lot of it's shot underwater, a bit of banding and background noise, But you can see that uh, in 8K, it really smoothed out the banding. It smoothed out the edges, reduced a lot of the aliasing and noise in the background as well. That's a DVD, so brought up to near 8K quality. But not only better detail and sharper edges and lines, but also better contrast and a bit more detail that was drawn out of the darker areas of the screen. Next, we moved up to Blu-ray, and naturally, we took along Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And we had these side-by-side, again, the 4K 2018 TV from Samsung and the 8K Samsung TV on the right. Two things we noticed immediately. The first was that the 8K TV, the Samsung TV, has a much better viewing angle now, it's not every day, it's not often that we get to sit front and center of the TV in the, in the lounge room in our home. Sometimes we're off to the side. Other TVs and other brands, even Samsung's older TVs, you will see the color drop a little bit, the, the blackness drop a little bit, this haloing effect uh, when you're watching it from the side, but not so with the AK. We were right off to the side, and not only was the black, the deep black still there, but the color was still there as well. So really sharp. I was really impressed with that result. We we took it from both both angles there. So if you take a look closely as well, what you know when the introduction of Star Wars, you know when you see the blue lettering, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, then the screen fades to black, and then boom, then you see Star Wars moving back off the screen on on top of a star field. Uh, just before the crawl, what you can see in these images is the black level on the 8K TV is so black, it's the same blackness as the top and bottom letterbox bars. If you look on the 4K, the black in the, in the image is a bit smokier and you can easily see where the black lines top and bottom are on the screen on the letterbox. But with the 8K TV, that blackness is kind of merges with the, with the letterbox. That's how black it is. It's a real difference. And again, check that image out on Tech Guide. I put another, uh, another disc in. This time we went up to 4K UHD. And of course, the only Star Wars film on 4K is The Last Jedi, which is what I took in. And you can see from the crawl how much more, uh, the, the yellow is a lot brighter. The, the the star field is a lot blacker as well, so deeper black. But one thing I noticed as well going from, and this this was the, the case with Blu-ray as well, uh, and from 4K too, the upscaling involved not just adding that detail, but also punching up the color. I noticed that, they, and they've got a good side-by-side shot here the scene in The Last Jedi where Ray is handing Luke Skywalker the lightsaber as she's walking up to the top of the hill you see the beautiful green grass which is so much greener on the 8k so it's really pumped up that colour and sort of uh, giving you a bit more darkness in the darker areas yet still preserved all the details the examples are in the images that are on the TV so my conclusion here is that this is the best TV I've ever seen. This 8K TV is incredibly is incredible, but it's also the most expensive TV I've seen as well. I'm 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 going to give you the prices if if anyone can afford this, good luck to you and yours. So the I watched the the 75-inch TV, the 8K TV, which is $12,999. So a dollar change out of 13 grand. The 65-inch TV is 9999 bucks. so let's call that $10,000. And if you want to go all the way to the 82-inch model, that's going to cost you $17,499. So they're not cheap. And I've said that in the story. I'm, I'm not pulling punches here. These are way, way expensive, way more expensive than what you'd normally spend on a TV. We're spending probably, on average, three grand, 2000 on a TV now. There's not many people that's going to pull out thirteen thousand dollars on us for a 75 two inch TV. If for those who do, good luck to them they are going to get a TV that's going to be future proof for the next 10 years. Their investment will be safe for the next 10 years. These 8K TVs will get cheaper over time, but at the moment, they're super expensive, but as I said, what you get is the best TV money can buy uh, if you've got enough money to buy it, that is, and uh, I've compared it, I've said that it's the, it's the Rolls Royce of televisions, not everyone can afford one, but those who can will enjoy a whole new level of quality and luxury. So if that's you, good luck to you. Uh, I've written my review, but I've also specified that it is, while it's the best TV you can buy, it's also the most expensive. So if money's no object and if the ultimate picture quality is what you're after, then get out your wallet. This is the TV for you. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec the place to stay updated and educated. Next up, we're talking AirPods, uh, Apple's AirPods. We're going to call them AirPods 2 because it's version 2. They're still called AirPods officially on, on Apple's website, but I'm going to call them AirPods 2 because version 2. So, yes, uh, if anyone who's used the original AirPods, uh, they came out, I think, two and a half years ago, nearly three years ago, they've been out in the market. So it's about time that they put a new version out there And I've got to say, I was very impressed across the board. You've got improvements, and while Apple won't give you the exact uh, figures for the size of the driver and the sort of those those audio output figures, I just my ear could tell you that it's better. Better bass. It's also louder. One criticism of the AirPods that I had and and other people have had too, because of its open design. You know how uh, by you know some uh, some wire free air air earphones, you need to stick them right inside your ear and it creates a little, uh, it creates like a little seal and what that does, that's that, that, that that's kind of more a closed design, so it because it's creating that seal, you're going to hear your music louder, but the problem is you won't be able to hear much outside of that, so if you're on a run or something, you got to be careful, you won't hear the traffic around you. Apple has a different design whereas this AirPod sits inside your ear. It doesn't block your ear, it just rests in your ear. So that's more of an open design. So even at the highest volume, as, uh, say you're at a train station or at the footy or, or somewhere loud, a shopping center, the you're, gonna, you're not going to hear all the sound. It's going to be a bit muffled because of the, uh, of the open design. Still, it is better, though, than the original. AirPods 2 are louder than the others. So I had no dramas. If I was on a train platform and a train came by, I could still hear my music or the podcast or the audio book that I happened to be listening to. So in that area, they've done pretty well. Uh, they look the same though exactly the same design wise uh, They're no different they, uh, they all, all, I think they have the same amount of charging time and, and they're about 5 hours on a full charge each time the charging case gives up to 24 hours of power so every time you put them in there they charge up you take them out and it takes about 5 hours to run that out but then you put them back in the case they'll charge up again you get another 5 hours so you can do that about 4 or 5 times with the uh, charging case that's the other little difference too. The charging case, while it looks the same, it does this time though offer wireless charging. So you can put you can put it on a charging mat, the same one that you put your iPhone on and away you go. You can get a wireless charge there. It still has the lightning port on the bottom. So if you want to charge it with the cable as well, you can buy them uh, without, without the wireless charging with a regular charging case. And if you own the original AirPods and you're happy with them, you can just buy the wireless case if you just want the wireless uh, difference there. That's also available. I'll I'll tell you the prices at the end of this review. Uh, But one thing that Apple's included, there's a new H1 chip, which allows these to connect really quickly, so much faster switching them between devices. I did notice that I often switch between my iPad, my iPhone, the, the computer, my MacBook Pro, and with the AirPods 1, there was a bit of stuffing around, trying to get them to connect and, and to be there. But with the AirPods 2, they were really snappy. After a couple of seconds, boom, they were ready to go. That was a, a noticeable improvement there as well. And again, audio quality, is still uh, it's still very crisp. But I do I was a fan of the original. I was a fan, not not a fan. I was a fan and still am a fan of the original AirPods. These are slightly better. A little bit more bass as well. Uh, so... The quality is there. They've maintained it and increased it a little bit, I think. Uh, the, the uh, overall again you're getting a, a slightly better package in terms of that connectivity uh, the wireless charging is also handy as well uh, a bit more stable connection as well the Bluetooth connection is really good and what I like about it is, of course it, uh, it works mainly only with an iPhone or an iPad so an iOS device or a Mac, or a Mac device is that you can uh, whenever you open the case uh, on, on your device that is connected to you can see your charge levels and all that how much charge is left in the case how much charge is in each earbud? Uh, they were pretty good. What else? I've got a real big wrap on these as well as a device to whenever you get a phone call. the The, the call quality uh, is excellent, and the reason for that is because they've got this beam forming technology, so it can detect when you're talking, then switch to the mic and isolate your voice so that you're really clear to your caller. I've done radio interviews uh, out uh, outside, outdoors. And the quality had that they wouldn't know that I was on the AirPods. They, they thought I was on my phone. That's how good the quality is for your phone calls. And I, I don't, I think that is unmatched from any other earphones. Any, if, I've got, if I'm outside and I need to do a radio interview and I'm not using the AirPods, I will take off those other earphones and talk through the phone. The others just don't match this for, for the microphone quality. The call quality is excellent. Uh, the other the addition to the AirPods is Hey Siri. I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, devices going off right now, but rather than you having to touch it, touch your device or touch the uh, AirPods themselves, you just say, hey, S," yes, and then uh, you can, without touching your device, get directions, control your music, whatever you need to do, control your, your devices, navigate your music, control the volume, all of that, ask for your assistance without touching your device, which is pretty cool. Now, how much do they cost? The AirPods with the wireless charging case is 319 bucks. Uh, the new if you want the new AirPods but you you don't you're just happy with the regular charging case, you're going to save a bit of money, so it's only going to be 249 bucks. Or if you already own a pair of AirPods and just want to buy the wireless charging case, you can do that and that's 129 bucks. that's pretty good. So you want to read that full review of the Apple AirPods 2? You can check them out at techguide.com.au. Now I think you know me by now. I love my movies. I'm a massive movie fan. I've got a full home theater set up in my place here. Sony 4K HDR projector. I just that was a Christmas gift to myself back in December. 150 inch screen. So I love watching stuff in 4K, especially. My old favourite movies. I really love it when they go to town and they do a remaster and time it with an anniversary. And that's exactly what they've done for Alien. How's that? 40 years ago, 40th anniversary of Alien remember they say in space no one can hear you scream that was the log line for that film and I I watched I think how old was I I was um I was 11 I think when I saw it or 12 and it scared the bejesus out of me and uh, they're calling this Jaws in Space which is I think a pretty accurate description but uh, the good news is though it is coming it's being released on 4k Ultra HD, and they've done a tremendous job on this, this is a 40 year old movie, don't forget, so you're getting uh, this beautiful remaster that was done by 20th Century Fox, and overlooked, uh, uh, supervised as well by Ridley Scott, the director, so uh, he knows what he's doing, so he he, he put, uh, he gave his final approval after the restoration, and I've got to say, there's no way that it looks like it was made 40 years ago, it is pretty cool, so what I did with my review, rather than just saying Saying, well hey this is great in 4k i've gone through the top 5 scenes that look good in 4k in alien any of you, any of you who know the alien film i'm going to not give you any spoilers here so uh Try not to anyway. It's a 40-year-old movie. Come on, you've had 40 years to see this. So we're going to go through the five top scenes that are that look great in 4K and why. Number one, when they get inside the derelict spaceship. Now, the story here is that there is a, the team of crew on the Nostromo, which is this space tug returning back to Earth. They get this distress call and have to go down to LV426 to respond to this distress call. So when they get there, they find this derelict spaceship, and it's very dark inside, so it's, it's a banner, so the darker scenes here uh, look really clear, because it's got high dynamic range, there's all this detail that lifts up out of the darkness, so with that HDR, it's a lot easier to make error, make out the background detail, there's a lot of textures, and a lot of a uh, lot of decorations on the back walls, you know, sort of what look like bones, and, and the HR Geiger design, uh, designs are there, and when they're inside, the derelict spaceship is when they see these, this this vast field of eggs inside, and uh, the next with that, which leads us to the next scene, which looks great on four K. And that's the face hugger scene. That's sort of the scene where Kane, the face huggers on his on his head, and they take him back to the ship, break all the uh, the the quarantine rules, and bring this creature back on. And the face hugger, you get some really close up looks at the face hugger, and the amount of detail you see there is incredible. Especially too when they try to they try to loosen the grip of the face hugger by removing a digit. Remember when they try to cut off one of its knuckles, and this acid spray, sprays up and. and up burning through like three decks of the ship but that looked brilliant in 4k as well what i'm going to say next year and again if you've had 40 years to watch this so hopefully i'm not spoiling this for you i'm going to talk about the chest burster scene which uh, they're at dinner and this was shot in one take apparently with four cameras and the cast members would not all of them knew what was going to happen so the the look of shock on their faces is genuine so what happens here, Kane feels a little bit ill and then, boom, chest bursts open. And what the actors didn't realize is they were being sprayed with real blood. They had animal blood and guts and everything. And the clarity of 4K just brings it out, makes it more shocking than ever. Now, I mentioned before how there's a lot of darkness in this movie. There's one particular scene where Captain Dallas, played uh, very well by Tom Skerritt, he's hunting for the creature in the air ducts and that 's one thing I noticed on the 4k edition is that the air ducts while it was on other formats on even on on the blu ray it looked really black so there wasn't a lot of detail but in the ducts there I noticed there were like uh, pipes and other 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 little patterns and textures on, on the on the walls and that 's what really comes up that added detail comes up really well on four k and finally. Ridley which is played by Sigourney Weaver and I've actually interviewed Sigourney Weaver a few years back this was her very first role I remember interviewing her when Alien first came out on Blu-ray this is back in 2010 I think I think that that interview is on, on YouTube if you want to look it up but she was she said this was her very first film, so she hit the ground running. She had one of the great parts here that, that, that she became famous for. But there was a great scenes of her running through the corridors and hallways and, and all this steam and smoke pouring out. It's a lot of movement, a lot of first person views and movement. Uh what what the four K does, it actually smooths out a lot of that movement. So the scene's are a lot clearer and that movement a lot smoother as well, thanks to the higher frame rate you get with four K. Well there you go. I hope it in Spoil Alien for you, uh, for those who haven't seen it. And for those of you who have seen it, I hope I've enticed you to look at it again in 4K, because I have to say, one of the best restorations I've seen on 4K. I'm still waiting for the day when we get the uh, all the Star Wars films in 4K. Uh, um, just take my money now if you're going to do it. Uh, I, I was really surprised that 20th Century Fox didn't do the 4K of the original trilogy back in 1977, in 2017 so 2017 was the 40th anniversary so 40 4k do i need to draw you a picture take my money i would have bought that set in a heartbeat so they still didn't do it i'm still waiting for star wars to come out on 4k and by the looks of it i'll be waiting quite a long time but anyway alien is on 4k right now and you should take a look at it if you want to read more about it you should check it out at techguide.com.au This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand, and they're issuing a challenge. They're issuing the Orbi Home Wi-Fi Challenge. What is that, I hear you ask? Well, if you buy a Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi kit to improve your Wi-Fi network at home, and if it doesn't improve that Wi-Fi at home, you will get your money back. So there's that guarantee. What have you got to lose? The Orbi Wi-Fi systems that are designed for any size home. No more dead zones, no black spots, just better Wi-Fi everywhere in today's modern household Orbi's tri-band Wi-Fi systems let you stream your favourite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds no matter how many devices are connected Orbi plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks it creates this amazing mesh network not only does it work great it also looks great too and blends into your home's decor Orbi's the easiest fastest most expansive and advanced mesh Wi-Fi network available today for more information Visit netgear.com.au. Or be better Wi Fi everywhere. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Alrighty, on the Tech Guide Help yes, I had a great voice bite from Christian. Christian, shout out to you, mate. I know you're a fan of the podcast, and I know also you're a Rabbitoh supporter, so good luck to you. You're a great bloke if you're a South supporter. Uh, He sent us a voice bite, and it's a great question. Which streaming service gives the best possible picture? If I'm comparing Apples for Apples, is it the IQ4 Prime Netflix? If I was to choose the same movie, which one would give me the absolute best possible picture? a great question christian and he told me in his email uh, as well as his voice bite that he's uh, he's set up his full entertainment system at home wants to get the best possible quality not on a disc I, my, I told him on the email if you want to watch anything in the best possible quality on in 4k nothing beats the disc reason being is that the disc has the best bit rate so the disc can supply you the, the best flow of of bits in so the best rate of data to your screen and through your player to give you the best possible 4k smooth and, and best quality 4k so if you're watching on a streaming service and you say if you, you've got netflix you've got prime you've got stan you've got foxtel that can stream 4k christian's question was which is the best and that's really easy to answer it's foxtel Reason being is that to have an IQ4 and to have 4K, you need to have a satellite connection. So the bandwidth that you're getting via satellite is way better than even the best internet connection or the best streaming you're going to get. The streaming speed you're going to get through your normal broadband service. And the thing with the if you're streaming through Netflix 4K, which the bit rate of Netflix on 4K is around for four for 4K. I think they get around 15 megabits per second on a disc. You're getting above 30 megabits per second, so you can see the difference there. HD is about 5.2 megabits per second Netflix says to watch 4k properly your speed so the, that what those figures I mentioned before was your bit rate to have the best experience with 4k they're saying that you, you they recommend 25 megabits per second that's your internet connection speed for 4k but the bit rate that they can give you over that uh, over that speed of connection is about 15 megabits per second. Uh, but on other services, maybe slightly smaller, but Foxtel 4K would be the best because the bandwidth is there through satellite to give you the best result. Great question, Christian. I'll see you at the next Rabbitohs game. Up the Rabbitohs. Uh, The next question I had was also uh, from a reader asking about uh, a drone course. And as you all know, I did my drone course uh, in 2016. I completed the UAV Air Certificate 3 Aviation Remote Pilot Visual Line of Sight course. Took me seven full days, as well as a written exam and a flight test to uh, obtain my licence and what I also got that was the aeronautical radio operator certificate so I could talk to the tower and other pilots and whoever was in the area uh, as well as being able to fly my drone legally and professionally if I had to. So to, to be a professional drone pilot, to earn money... As a drone pilot, you need a license. And to have your license, if you're a professional, you need insurance. To get insurance, you need a license. So you need your, your aviation number. So if you, this is something you're serious about, uh, I have outlined it on Tech guide. The headline is what it takes to become a licensed drone pilot with a UAV air course, which is, of course, CASA approved. That's Civil Aviation Safety Authority approved. Uh, I really enjoyed that, and I fly my my drone often. I've done uh, I've done professional shoots for people as well. Thanks to having my course to to completing my course, so I I am a, a fully qualified drone pilot after completing the UAV Air Certificate Three Aviation. Uh, remote pilot visual line of sight course. It's quite a mouthful, but definitely worth doing. Uh, If you want to read that story, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. And that's our show for this week. Full-time siren has sounded. Uh, everything we've talked about on the show, you can find, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you're smart like Christian and you want to get in touch, shoot us over a voice bite. Click on the record button on the Tech Guide site, and you too will be able to record your question, and I will play your beautiful voice on our podcast. If you want to send me an email, I'll read those as well, but preference will be given to the voice bites that appear on the show. Uh, if you want to send us an email, info at dot we want to give a special shout out too to our sponsors. Thank you to Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And thank you also to Norton. That's the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.